Is that is that Bjork approved? It actually had some of the the artistry of Bjork in there when you started coming in with the the moaning vocals. <laughs> my favorite my favorite song from Bjork's discography, maybe it's the perverted part of me. It, it it's one of her personal albums. It's from the 2010s. It's uh I think it was a soundtrack of a of a movie about Iceland. Because, you know, she's from Iceland and everything. And it just, the whole song is just like, <sighs> like it sounds like someone's gasping, but it also sounds like a sexual moan. <sighs> it's four minutes of that. <sighs> so why don't we do that? I, I do that and you say Oddcast. Okay. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> It's a good song. I forget the name of it. I'll send it to you later. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of got a little bit lubricated there. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's okay. Let it fall. Let it fall. Let it fall. <laughs> he wanted to fall. I don't care. Uh, what, do, what do we have for a shot? Seagram's oh. whiskey. Whiskey, okay. American blended whiskey. I'm going to open this first oh. as a chaser. Okay. Well, triple beverages. This is uh, Lagunitas Hazy Wonder. Just got our Lagunitas sponsorship. Yeah. Thank you to the fine uh, folks at yeah. Lagunitas. <laughs> yes. That's, that's bullshit. No one's sponsoring Look, us. Will we ever get sponsored? Maybe in if episode five, episode six? <laughs> yeah. Next one. Yeah. <laughs> this is four. Can yeah. you believe we're already episode in episode four? four? Uh, right. I want to, yeah, let's just try the. Ooh, hoppy. Yeah, it's... Hazy wonder. This is a good beverage for summertime. Well, perfect now that it's 30 degrees out. Yeah. Uh, And let's take our shot. Shots. (laughs) I might actually cut out all the drinking... Uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> I think it's. Hmm. I don't normally drink whiskey that much, but that was pretty warm. It's a pretty very warm. warming liquid. Yes. I'm gonna try to do this because I always see the microphone like covering my face. Sometimes what I want to do is one of these things where I just use my my hand instead. So I don't know. Do that, but you hear there's like a little noise coming through the mic. Yeah, just when, handling noise. When I'm talking, be. yeah. So That's I don't it's know. usually better, I think, to be uh, on the stand. Yes, I agree. You can raise it up. It looks like you're like crouching. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I noticed when I'm from watching the podcasts. Uh, my posture is the worst. I feel like <laughs> when I'm 68, which is in four years from now, uh, I'm gonna have like worse hunchback than Quasimodo. Worse posture than Quasimodo. Was Quasimodo a real person, or was he just a story by Victor Hugo? Yes, right? yes, Victor Hugo. Uh, think, yeah, I think he's a, he's a fictional character, or maybe he's based on a real person. Did you know when Victor Hugo died, all the brothels in Paris closed uh, on respect of him because he was uh, a loyal customer? 
that, I think I have heard that Isn't story. It, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's beautiful. Yeah. Loyalty. Do you read a lot of French literature? No. No. Not since high school. Not I think since I had to read Les Miserables in high school. How was that? Was it miserable? <laughs> uh, I actually remember finding it interesting. Jean Valjean, uh-huh. stealing the bread, all that stuff. Good book. I like the musical. Do you like musicals? I hate musicals. I hate it with a passion. Just categorically, you can't stand any musicals. Okay, I'll give you story time. Um, I went to see Le Miserable with a group of friends on Christmas. I was I voted against <laughs> it. I said, I do not want to watch this. And they all wanted to, so I was like, fine. I warned them that I'm not going to watch it, that I'm going to be miserable watching it. Have you seen the movie with uh, Hugh Jackman and yeah. Russell Crowe, right? Yeah, and Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. So remember the scene where the little kid dies? There's a scene where the little kid dies. He's like a prominent figure in the movie, like throughout the whole movie. You know, she pops it here and there. I forget if it gets shot or gets hanged, right? It's been a while. So he dies, and and the whole audience was quiet. And I was the only one yelling out loud, thank God, because the kid was so annoying. I'm gonna have to see a picture of that kid because I don't I don't remember which kid. He you're kind of looked about. like a French version of Tiny Tim. Not the uh, ukulele singer, but no, the, 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 the Christmas, the Charles story. Dickens version. Charles yeah. Dickens, like yeah, like a f- blonde French version of Tiny Tim, but more annoying. Kind of That's just my mic a little. It was too low. Well, that's really rude of us. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Yes. Hi. Um, this Hello. is episode four, uh, if you heard already. And uh, my name is Oscar. My name is Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> uh, he spits hot fire. And not only does he spit, his hands are hot fire with his guitar skills and his art skills. Oh, you're too kind. Yeah. You flatter me. <laughs> Um, I want to apologize. I haven't finished uh, your recent episode with Mr. Roger Bottles. I That's always okay. always struggle saying his last name. <laughs> you just, just said it. <laughs> Bottles. I want to say Butles. Or oh. But- Butles? I don't that, know. That was how it would be in Spanish? I don't or know. Maybe. I, when, when, I struggle, when I don't know how to say a word, I just pronounce it in Spanish. <laughs> when in doubt, pronounce it in Spanish. <laughs> Maybe he does have some like Spanish heritage, and that's where the the Buttles name actually came from. The Bootless um, <laughs> could be. I'm on one hour and twenty four minute of that episode, so I want to ask questions, but at the same time, like maybe I'm prematuring on those questions, prematuring a- asking. But premature interrogation. Yes, premature interrogations. <laughs> like did. Did you guys talk about his haircut? Like I remember back in the day he had long hair. He looked like a like an like a cooler version of Eddie Vedder. Yeah. I think that's well, he doesn't really look that much like Eddie. He and just the haircut wise, you know. Sometimes when he has a beard and the long hair, he look has a little bit of a Kurt Cobain vibe actually. Yeah, like a softer, nicer Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Uh we did not talk about his hairstyle, but yeah, yeah as recently as a couple years ago, he still had the long hair. Okay. Um, I mean, he's, he's got a nice haircut, and I like his fashion sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I like your fashion oh, sense today. I, again, like, normally I have colorful socks, but um, since I'm wearing black, I thought to myself, maybe I should uh, change it up. Okay, here oh, we go. One, uh, two, two, three. three. <laughs> um, well, 
I also decided to wear this. This is my first time wearing this because um, I have a feeling we're not going to record this before November 20th, another episode. What's on the 20th? World Cup is starting. And I know Mexico's going to lose. I think, I think they're going, not even going to qualify at, you know, in the rounds, but just represent the team, even though they're... I think U.S. is going to do better than Mexico. But I digress. I know that's, this is... That's this good is, content. This is not sports-related. This, yeah, I mean, it we do talk be. about sports. Do you still watch football? Because I remember how our friendship started about you trying to convince me to like football. American football, that is. Not, this, not, the, not the emo band. The sport. Uh, I I try almost every weekend mm-hmm. when there's a Bears game going. I'll like put it on for about ten minutes and just be like, uh, not. I just lose interest. Mm-hmm. I like it in in principle, but it's not not a very. I'm not interested in the sport anymore. Do you have a favorite quarterback? Like all time, or for the Bears, or what do you mean? Both for the Bears. <laughs> Are you more of a Trubisky guy? You know, the the peak of my Bears interest was, like, during the whole Jay Cutler time. Jay and Cutler. he was, like, infuriating, like, both bad and sometimes really good. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was – he had a, we had a lot of ups and downs with Jay Cutler. But uh, now I don't even know who's, who's the quarterback of the team anymore. That's how little I pay attention. I forget to, and I don't care. Normally when I watch football, it's with my family members, and I troll them. Like, I start dissing them. Like, the, I got a family member that are Bears fans, and then I got another family member that's a, a Packers fan, and I just go back and forth, like, oh, look how much they suck. I don't know. I think they don't like Packers watching. Packers suck, too. You know, uh, right? yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is still doing good. But, I mean, oh. I, mean but I don't know. But the problem with Aaron Rodgers, again, it sounds like I'm knowing my S-hit, but I don't know my S-hit. Um Problem with Aaron Rodgers is that he needs a good wide receiver. Is that what they called the ones who catches the ball? Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't have a good wide receiver, he's not good at all. You know, it's a team, it's a team sport. <laughs> yeah, I it's mean, a team sport. He's still good at placing the football in a good spot, but if the receiver doesn't catch it, you're right. It, yeah. it doesn't doesn't matter. I think this is a good transition for another segment of our show called. Ask Dylan anything. <laughs> this is the segment where the fans ask Dylan some questions, and I have some questions for you from the fans. Really? Are you ready for this? You told me there were no fun and games planned today. You no. Lied. <laughs> uh, we just didn't not even talk about it. We didn't even visual, talk about it. <laughs> visual aids or anything. Okay, well. I mean, you can edit it as much as you can, which was great when you did, the, did it the last time. You know, I'm a, a very introverted narcissist, so yeah. I love this already. I bring it on. Bring on the questions. <laughs> so obviously some of these people are want to be anonymous, so I'm changing their names, okay? <laughs> Do I know these people? No, you don't. You don't. Okay. Um, one of them... Be shouted out on the podcast, this popular... We just broke 1,000 views on our first episode. On Smashing Pumpkins? Oh, wow. People, a lot of people care about how, what we think of the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm kind of cringing about it because, like, I don't. Uh, maybe I'll watch it in the future, but like, always the first episode is the most awkward one. I like watched it back multiple times because uh-huh. I was editing it, and then I like listened to the whole thing again. It it holds up. It, it was funny. Up. Okay. The production quality isn't as good. We only had 
the two cameras now we've got three god willing that these are all recording properly and not going to shut off but uh it was a good episode okay well these are questions from happy anus what is your best live show that i've been to Mm -hmm. yes uh man best live show <laughs> like i mean there's no music a, yeah like, oh, i mean that's how i took yeah, it but that's how i took it too but it could be even uh a ballet classical music i mean my first thought was the one i've been to most recently which i want to talk about with you the oh, but, uh symphony orchestra we can talk about it but that's not the best live show you've ever no, seen no it wasn't but i i can't remember the one before that it's probably something from when I was in high school, honestly, and my, my first couple live music experiences, because those I just have like nostalgia for them. I'll say seeing uh, a band Wolf Parade at the Riviera Theater opening for the Arcade Fire was a good show. And I don't even really like the Arcade Fire that much. I liked them a lot at the time. This was the Funeral Tour, their first full-length album. Oh, wow. So that was a good show. Okay. But I like the opening band more. Wolf Parade is pretty great. Well, let's talk about the classical concert we went to. What what did you think of the of the situation, the air, the, the music? <laughs> we uh we went to see the Chicago Symphony Orchestra perform Prokofiev and yes. um Grieg, is that his name? Grieg? Yeah. In fact, that Grieg piano concerto, yeah. it was the only uh, piano concerto he ever wrote and like I've been, I've listened to it a couple times since just on like mm-hmm. Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very catchy song. The intro ding 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 ding. ding, ding. <laughs> That's so epic. Dude, it is. And that that piano player um so good. The, just, yeah, Simon something. Yeah. Some like Eastern European name. I don't know where he's from. Croatia, maybe. I, the part that I liked is the parts where he didn't play, and he was just using his hand gestures when he was like, "Oh, the orchestra's gonna hit right, right here." Like, mm. <laughs> like I don't normally see that in in piano professional pianos. They just stay still. And he like, was animated, and he was like, "Stay still," like, <laughs> and then start playing. I didn't really notice the like fist bumps, but I noticed he would he was, when he wasn't playing, yeah. he'd like look up at the crowd and just yeah. be look kind of amused at like people's expressions. I also like the audience in that in that event because normally you stay quiet until the the piece is over, and then between the movements, there was a off. person was like, "Woo!" <laughs> which I was not expecting it. It was great, <laughs> and the conductor. Um, forget her name asian i think chinese lady conductor Mm -hmm. like was encouraging it when everyone she like looked back like because there was between movements you weren't supposed to clap but she was like okay come on give it give a full round of applause if you're gonna start with that screaming shit (laughs) it was funny but it was a little on my got on my nerves a little the etiquette of classical music of what to do and not to do is so interesting like sometimes i think it's corny like I really do think it's corny that going back like when the piece is over, the whole concert's over, the going back and forth with the with the conductor leaving and coming back and then saying, Okay, let's let's give it up for the first violinist, let's give it up for the clarinet player. I mean, I get it. It's it's the work they do is a lot. But I'm just like it's annoying going back of like four rounds of like of cheering where it makes it like five minutes of like clapping. I don't know. 
It's like a rock concert, the whole charade or whatever of the encore band leaves the stage and then comes right back. Okay, well, let's stop there because we can go talk about it for hours. Uh, Second question, same person, Happy Anus. Favorite underground band? Underground, like that seems like a very subjective thing. Underground, so they're just like not not on the radio. I think so. <laughs> well, yeah. who, who even listens to the radio? Ra- but radar, low radar. I feel like there's so much underground music now. Uh, man, I suck at these questions because I don't. My my all my <laughs> answers are going to be very out of date and like from when I was in my late teens, and I Do it. cared more about that stuff. I was I was giving you a simple questions because it's going to get harder. Oh, okay. The first ones are music related, and then afterwards it's going to be artistes. Okay. Uh, I'll say a band uh, from Canada, like the last two bands I mentioned, mm-hmm. Wolf Parade and Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. There's another band in their circle that uh, I saw at the Metro a few years after that show I just mentioned. They're called Frog Eyes, and they're a very interesting, artsy rock band. Are they like the frogs or no? They're like a more demented, serious version of the frogs. They're not as funny, but they're like just as twisted and kind of like creepy. And it sounds almost a little medieval. The the singer sounds like he's out of the Baroque period. Okay. Good answer. Uh, question number three. Favorite non-English speaking artist? Uh, this is an artist that I mentioned on the podcast with Roger, so he's fresh in my mind. I'll just first one that came to mind. I'll just spit it out. Antonio Lopez Garcia is a Spanish painter. He's really good artist. Okay. I gotta. Check I don't him think out. he speaks English at all. I saw a documentary about him, and he only speaks Spanish. Does he speak with a lisp? <laughs> <laughs> he is from Madrid, okay, and so he probably does. Or is that a Barcelona thing? Uh, it's a Spain thing. Okay. Uh, what music, if any, do you listen while creating art? Uh, well, lately it's been stuff related to this podcast. So Bjork, then before that was Kanye and Bob Dylan. I've, I've, we talked about this on another podcast. I've gone through a big like podcast phase, mm-hmm. and I'm just now getting back into music. So it's been the stuff for the podcast. <laughs> Least favorite genre? Whew. Uh, I feel like country is such a cliche because I do like like real country music like Hank Williams and stuff but I wouldn't really choose to put on modern country like pop I agree with you I have a problem with modern country uh, and I, I, it really did change after 9-11 I, I, I think pre-9-11 country is great after 9-11 uh, it's, it's been really post-patriarch patriot you know, post-nationalistic kind of country music, and I really don't like it. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember, I remember like, the Toby Keith era of, like, fist-pumping patriot, yeah. patriotic country music, but I feel like now it's just, like, as vapid as any pop music. The only country song I like that's been after 9-11 is, um, is it Toby Keith? I forget the guy's name. This uh I got friends in low places. Is it Gary? I'm not sure. oh, I forget. <laughs> I don't even know if I've I heard like that, that song. song. It's a good song. Okay, last question from Happy Anus. Um, favorite instrument other than guitar? Uh, <laughs> I mean, do drums count? Yeah. <laughs> 
I think so. I guess I'll just go drums because I feel like bass guitar is a cop out and it's still kind of a guitar. Some people make the argument that bass guitar is more of a percussive instrument than can, anything else. You can definitely approach it like that. I'm very curious who this happy anus person is and, and why they have so many questions for me. But I, I guess that was uh, the last question. <laughs> I mean, that, well, that was a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. The next question, the next person, uh, their name is Ignatius C. And this is a lot of art questions, maybe even get philosophical. Okay. So I'm just warning him. What does art mean to you? What does art mean to me? I, I'm going to keep referencing things I talked about with Roger because uh, he said art meant freedom to him like as a kid and even now, and I disagreed. But now I'm going to say freedom. Freedom? Okay. Like, and just like expressing yourself. <laughs> the two biggest cliches I could put out there as an answer, but I, I really think it's just another form of communication, but it's one that can be a lot more like abstract and doesn't need to have a specific, like what we're doing right now, communicating. Like hopefully it makes sense to you what I'm saying. Otherwise it's kind of pointless. <laughs> but art can be communication that can be like, you don't have to understand it, or you can take a different meaning away from it, and that's okay. And I think that's like the beauty of art. Okay. All right. The other question is, at what age did you know you wanted to be an artist or knew art was what you were born to do? Um, hmm. I would say that, that I had a course change in high school where I went from like really liking science and, and even like math to some extent and writing to like realizing like, well, visual art is kind of what I'm best at and I may as well pursue it. And that's when I like applied to SCIC for college and ended up going and then it just got more entrenched from there. Um, but I've never like let go of those things. I still like the idea of writing, but I don't really like reading books, so I don't think I could ever be a writer. Uh -huh. <laughs> I like talking. I feel like podcasting, like it's almost like writing in real time. Do you do you feel like that? If someone transcribes it, yeah. <laughs> well, like, like the, right right now, I'm recording. Read it is being transcribed. That's true. Thank you to the people on YouTube. Yeah, auto-generated <laughs> captions. They they actually work pretty well. Um, yeah, because right now I'm reading uh, Vladimir Novikov. Um, Harvard. No, no, I haven't. I'm not reading that one. Uh, I'm um, uh, some Ivy League. I think Harvard hired him to do lectures on certain books that he liked, mm -hmm. and one of his favorite books, arguably his favorite book, is Don Quixote, which I'm also reading Don Quixote. So like, so I'm reading that book whenever I'm tired of Don Quixote, so to inspire me. And as I'm reading that, I just basically learned that the whole book is just his lectures, like someone transcribed it. So it's like podcast before podcasting. Wait, uh, Nabokov's book was just him talking about Don Quixote? So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, like someone recorded it and then made it into a book. So. so were they like, was he giving a live lecture or yeah, something? Yeah. And they just turned it into a book? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, there's not a ton of difference between the written word and spoken word if it gets transcribed. Mm -hmm. Like, you still have to put 
sentences together and, and thoughts and communicate them with the language you're using. Did I answer the question? Yeah, I think that was a good answer. I mean, you can go back and say, mm, I don't know about that. But I think it was good. I mean, obviously, yeah, we're improvising. You don't know what the questions are, so you're just going with the flow. So you got to give yourself a pat in the back for that. <laughs> what is your goal as an artist or hope to achieve as an artist? Again, this is the same person, Ignatius M. Ignatius C, sorry. Ignatius C. <laughs> I knew a kid in grade school named Ignatius. I called him Iggy for short. Iggy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he called himself that. Uh, my goal as an artist, I feel like having a, an instantly recognizable style is a good goal. And I actually think I've achieved that. Like... I have some paintings that I feel like look derivative of other art because like I'm copying subconsciously like stuff I like, but uh, I feel like just because of the way I paint, like all my work kind of looks like it's mine. Mm -hmm. So I just want to make more and better stuff. That is a good answer and a good transition to this question. What is your creative process? Um, I try to just clear my mind and, and let the act of, uh, whatever it is, I, I apply the same creative approach to like music as I do art where you just like kind of let your subconscious flow. So like having an idea beforehand is, is what I try to avoid doing. Like I just try to start and see where it, it leads and, uh, to be specific about painting, like I start with a drawing and the drawing like has no plan generally and then I add paint to it and that ha that's more structured and I can just like zone into the technical side. But the, the drawing side has to be like spontaneous and I try not to fix it if I don't like it. I just like do it. Does that, okay, this is coming from me. Does that affect your OCD? Because you do have some some factors of OCD. Oh, do you yeah. do battle that? And is that an eternal battle as you do yeah. the, the sketching session of it's, the first draft? It's so hard to like let my self not get overly critical. I, I've like almost wrecked and abandoned so many paintings because I like didn't like it at the start. And I usually like hate it after the first couple hours of the drawing, but then I put it aside, come back a couple days later and like I start to feel like, oh wait, there's something here. But I almost never know what it is at the in the first session. I'm never happy with it. Okay, I think you just answered my question. This is another question I have, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, what advice do you give to artists or future artists who have that OCD, and like when they see something they make a mistake on, and they just don't want to do it anymore? What advice do you give for those? Uh, don't judge it. Just like do do it and have some space from it. Like try not to 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 ruin the thing that you've created, because <laughs> you're going to be tempted to like just erase it or paint over it or wipe it away. But if you can like fight the urge, just take a break. Just like, and it can be a long break. I have canvases I started weeks months ago that I hated, and then you come back with a different mindset and you like can appreciate it because it's almost like someone else did it at that point. And I find that's a little more like uh, 
fun to like work on something that just kind of is there <laughs> instead of something you're purposely trying to make. Okay. Thank you. This is the last question from Ignatius C. And that's it. This is after this, it's the over session of Ask Dylan Anything. So the question is Do you enter the creative flow state when you do art? And if so, how does that state feel to you? Um, it's like a constant battle to stay in the state. And it's something that I've like tried to get better at. Like I've talked to people about meditation and like people say that works for them to like try to make art like it's a meditation. But to me, it's like little spurts where I can like make myself do, do a couple things on the canvas and then like the the thoughts come creeping in and I like kind of have to wait till I can have the motivation to make another move. It's very like jerky. It's not, it's not really much of a flow state, <laughs> maybe little spurts of like flow and then a lot of uh like frustration and and like hand wringing uh in between okay well thank you so much for playing this game with me dylan uh, i think we did a good job uh again thank you yeah. for everyone for listening to ask dylan anything <laughs> it's like the reddit thing right yeah ask, pretty much ask me anything um who knows yeah. what the next uh, to collect game section is going to be for the wanna... next episode. <laughs> well, now I've got to collect questions that people want to ask you. Oh, man, now you're making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I haven't even got them yet. You scared me with the stack of post-it notes. I thought that was going to go on for like 100 pages. I was thinking about doing that, but I'm like, dude, I, I'm, I'm in a time rush. But yeah, um, I do wanted to bring this question because I was listening to uh, Roger, the, the art cast with Roger. Um when he was thinking of you a lot when he went to all these uh, art museums and talking about Renaissance, Renaissance art pieces and everything. And I, I agree with him with what he said about you when he was complimenting you. The question I wanted to bring to you is, um, do you, are you more inspired by Renaissance art or Baroque art? It's a good question because like the, the line is kind of blurry between them, like late Renaissance art and mannerism and stuff kind of starts to segue into Baroque. Um, but when I think of Baroque, I think of like really intense, dark, moody backgrounds and really in, like there's an intensity to Baroque art that I, I like, but I usually gravitate more towards like the clarity and the... Uh, like storytelling aspects of Renaissance art, honestly, and like the bright colors and sense of perspective because 2D perspective was kind of a new thing in the, in the actual Renaissance and it, it just, all the artists were using it like it was like this fun new device uh, instead of like zooming in tight and just having a black background like became in fashion in Baroque era. So I like Renaissance more. Okay, all right, cool. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you all who submitted questions to Oscar for your interest. I <laughs> don't know who you all are, but uh, I, I'm flattered that you would care what I think about any of these things. Yeah. I mean, people do find you interesting. <laughs> you you well, are you are a unique character. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's the end of that, and I think we should start talking about 
the reason we are doing this episode, which is, you want me to snap? That way we can edit it. Which is about, I want to talk about Bjork's new album, first album, debut. Okay. And she had a new album that came out in September. So last month. Nice. So I'm we, so glad you said that because I feel yeah. like we needed a female artist. Totally, I was thinking about that too. You know, we got to we got to represent everyone. You know, so um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I'll snap again. Well, that was really great. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to apologize to you for making it challenging. I think this artist is the most challenging one. Out of I mean I don't know Kanye was really challenging him. Just because yeah. of his uh, of his opinions, but Bjork is something else that's unique. Yeah, and I, I have to be honest; I didn't prepare that extensively. I was even going to tell you, like, maybe we should push this back a couple of weeks because it'd be cool to like do a whole like like we did for Smashing Pumpkins, like yeah. talk about her whole discography because uh-huh. there's like three or four albums in the 2010s that I never listened to. And I, I want to. I was reading a lot of like Bjork's albums ranked lists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them put those like recent albums kind of lower. And I, I like her '90s, I early two thousand stuff. I agree. So have you heard them all? Yeah, you've listened I have, to every I have, album. I have. Yeah, I finished. Wow. Her, I finished her discography. I finished her discography like late July, early August. Was this like another challenge that a friend for, for myself? For myself, you I just was, took yeah. it upon yourself yeah. to listen to it. Yeah. All? Man, respect. Uh, but then, like, I wanted to give an excuse of listening to her new album, so I that's why I gave this, you know, offer to for the next podcast. So you hadn't heard? Uh, no, I haven't heard it. Yeah, Fossora is that what it's called? Yeah, or, I, I kind of forget. I f- A lot of the recent albums are have the most esoteric, weird names like biological oh. things. Okay, so we're talking about Bjork, right? <laughs> Yeah. Should we start doing an ASMR thing out of respect for Bjork? Oh, yeah. it, it is her, you know, it Maybe is. Maybe this can also be the Bjork podcast intro. Bjork, Bjork. This is the Bjork podcast intro. So, um, I don't, I cannot make, just, mimic her voice. No, no, it's not. We can't. We should not. Maybe we should, but like we need to do. Maybe I was, that was my idea that maybe we should do like an ASMR segment throughout the whole Bjork thing to get the Bjork fans happy. But she rarely like talks in a whisper. She's like belting out, like no, when she sings, when she sings. But when she talks, she's really quiet. Oh, yeah, I haven't so, really so, heard her talk that much. So we let's you know since we're talking about Bjork, let's you know I don't know. It's my idea. Trying trying to entertain the folks, trying to entertain the ODCAST fans. We could do like a medulla style, uh, like acapella. Intro where like I'll beatbox and you'd say oddcast stuff. Okay, like, you want to do that now or later? She, let's just try it now. It's okay. like a few moments later. <laughs> it's a good song. I forget the name of it. I'll send it to you later. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of got a little bit lubricated there. <laughs> This is already getting really weird, but I think it's appropriate because Bjork is a very weird artist, and I think she does it on purpose, but uh, she also can't help it. She is a weird artist. Um, I also did research about her. Um, 
And I think we should start pronouncing her name correctly after this. It's not Bjork. Bjork? Is it's, that it? It's like an E, a silent yeah. E. Bjork. Bjork. Right, right. I thought it was Bjorn. I thought the K was an N. But no. It's, <laughs> well, it's just a different name. Yeah, Bjork. We, we, let's just say Bjork just to, to make the Icelandic folks happy. Bjork. I find that hard to do. Bjork. Bjork. You sound almost like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, shit. Bjork. Oh, dude. Isn't that movie creepy? Very creepy, yeah. Uh, but funny. <laughs> I remember it cracking me up so much as a kid. Um, that movie gave me a curiosity of trying lobster. Because <laughs> of that scene with the lobsters. I was like, I wonder how lobster tastes. Uh, is that like towards the end when they go to the restaurant? No, it's in the something? middle when when Mrs. Doubtfire was. Oh, she's cooking. She's cooking the lobsters. And she, she just orders it or something. something well, she also wasn't wearing makeup, and she had to put like the the frost on her face to cover her yeah. face, so she wanted people to know that it was Robin Williams's character, whatever whatever his name is. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. Rip, rip. Can you imagine he he would have still been alive, probably making movies if he had not killed himself. Yeah. I don't know how old he would be now, but that would be a very different world we'd, we'd be living in. Yeah, it would be, a, you know, to quote Lou Reed, those were different times. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the new album of, of Bjerk, um, but what is your favorite album of Bjerk? Uh, for me, it would be either Homogenic or Vespertine. I like those mid, those kind of like, three or third or fourth albums of hers the best i feel like that's something i wanted to talk to you about is just like the the lifespan of an an artist in any medium like i feel like it's rare that it's more than 10 years Mm -hmm. (laughs) and bjork is a definitely an exception like she's like i think the new album is really uh like creative and she sounds just as like passionate as as ever um and so the little bits I've heard of the last couple albums she's had. So I don't think she's really falling into that trap, but I I do still find like her early to mid nineties stuff the most uh entertaining. I agree. I think the nineties and early two thousands is the best, the sweet spot of Bjerk. Um I can't not decide which one's my favorite album. I, I think it's between Homogenic and Vespertine and the one afterwards. I forget the name. Um, the album I chose for this uh, podcast is Debut because I'm always curious about like the first one versus the late, last one and see how it goes. Yeah. Kind of like the Kanye episode. Um, but And Debut was good. I really like Debut. I, I, I'm, guess, I'm assuming you've heard it. I've heard it, but it was never like the one that I listened to a lot. So this made me like really listen to yeah. some a few of the songs that I didn't wasn't as familiar yeah. with. What I like about debut a lot, it, it's got a good beat. It's got you know good techno beats, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah. Uh, I just wonder while listening to Bjork's discography back in the day, back this year, aren't there? For me, she's an artist that I would like to see a documentary of how she makes albums. 
Because I, as far as I know, she doesn't play an instrument. Her instrument is her voice. So how does she, she think of these arrangements? Does she hire someone to do it, like a producer or a DJ? She she likes electronic music. So like, does she do this all in the synth? Those are the questions that burns my soul. Like, how do you make this music if you're just a singer? I I would assume she plays a little like keyboard or something. I've never seen a like footage of her playing an instrument, but I would just assume this long being in music for this long, she can like craft her own uh, instrumentals to some degree, but she definitely does collaborate with mm-hmm. like heavily with different producers. Mm-hmm. And I think debut has like a couple different producers on it, like each song, like groups of songs. So like the techno stuff is probably with, I think it's someone who was, part of Massive Attack or like worked with Massive Attack. I, I could be wrong about that. I like skimmed the Wikipedia article for you the... You did research. I didn't do that. I just listened to it. I listened... What My research was listening to debut once and then the This Is Bjork uh, thing on Spotify. Just, just to oh. get a refresher. And I listened to the new album twice. And we'll talk about the new album yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> the debut, uh, I, I agree with what you said. The the beats are really fun. It's almost like a very artsy club record. Mm-hmm. A lot of dancey songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorites on the album are like early in the the album, uh, Venus as a Boy and Human Behavior. Yeah. I think those are very Human Behavior. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should not be singing. <laughs> yeah, you should. This is the perfect Human time. Behavior. <laughs> Dude. I think she is top, like one of the best, if not the best female singers in music history. It's between her and Mariah Carey. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mariah Carey is great for what she is with pop music, but the thing about Bjork and what makes her so fascinating and amazing is that, like, she's true to her art. Like, like you know, we've seen artists like David Bowie, Madonna, where they just mold to whatever the culture is, whatever the scene is. Bjork is like, I like pop too. I also like this weird, obscure, atonal music. I like it all. I can like the simple stuff, and I also like this complex stuff because I enjoy music overall. And like she's she's one of those rare artists where she's been true no matter what. Yeah. Agreed. Um, what shocks me is how like that experimental stuff was like part of her artistry from even like her first full solo album. And I haven't heard too much Sugar Cubes. And like, neither have I. There was an album she put out before debut that's like her and some like acoustic like jazz ensemble. It's really good. Glinglow, really, it, really, yeah. really good. She like, mm, like I can see where people say jazz is dead quotations jazz is dead but people like Bjork see how it did that Bjork and Radiohead um, and other ones uh, are they jazz modern people, day jazz uh, they're giving jazz a pulsating opportunity to live again <laughs> to quote Frank Zappa jazz is not dead it only smells funny <laughs> but uh, but uh, I guess it stands true in this situation because like it gives a it gives a living opportunity for jazz artists or jazz freaks to like okay, Bjork can be jazz if we arrange it differently, and so can uh, the Radiohead, the Radiohead, Radiohead. 
Yeah, I mean, jazz, I guess if you classify jazz as just being like very experimental, avant-garde music, then I would agree with that. But um, jazz to me feels like more like, it's like classical music. It describes a specific historical style. Agree and disagree, because in my opinion, jazz is really hard to define because there's so many subcultures and subgenres of jazz Mm -hmm. that it can be anything. It can be from Dixieland jazz to like gypsy jazz to free jazz, and it still has that vibe of this is jazz. Is Björk jazz? No. Is Radiohead jazz? No. However, it does challenge that jazz brain to say, well, this can be jazz. Does do, do I make any sense saying that? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. and I feel like people use jazz as a way to describe that like very challenging music that it can be any it can sound like any genre but have like the spirit of that like freedom and evolution. Like free jazz yeah. doesn't really sound like Duke Ellington or something. Yeah. It sounds like fucking noise a lot yeah. of the time, but it's yeah. jazz. Yeah. And like a lot of Frank Zappa's music, I think has like that kind of free jazz aspect. And it's funny because Frank hated jazz. What? Hated jazz with a passion. <laughs> hated jazz. He hated the one two five progression, or okay. the two one five progression. Hated yeah. it with a passion. But then again, he is one of the most uh, progressive folks of fusion music. You know, yeah, which, which is, is like a progression jazz of jazz and rock. Yeah, but he hated a jazz so much. Traditional jazz. All kinds. Didn't like it. He was. He was. He, if 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 he had the opportunity, he wanted to be a classical composer. He did not want to play rock and roll whatsoever. He did, but like, he was into the doo wop and the blues stuff. But like, he wanted to do classical music. Period. But nobody wanted to give him a chance. I mean, I, these these people like Zappa, Bjork, like, Bjork. If they, <laughs> I I can't do it. Bjork, Bjork. I'll try. <laughs> If they lived like 200 years ago, yeah, then maybe they would have been like writing experimental classical music. But Bjork is such a vocalist. She would probably be singing in the opera or something. Um, but because they live now in the era where there's like, there had been rock, there was, we already had the Beatles and like Miles Davis and mm-hmm. all this like cutting edge music, they, they just absorbed it all and like spit it out as their own thing. Classical music to them has like electric guitars. Yeah. I mean, you can hear that in the new album, which we'll talk about later. Um, I do want to bring this up since we were talking about jazz. Have you seen La La Land? Yes. What do you think of La La Land? Uh, I I haven't seen it since the year it came out, which is, I think, was like three, three, four years ago at this point. I remember enjoying it, but not like falling in love with it like a lot of people did. I think it was Lala Trash. <laughs> the only thing I enjoyed... <laughs> Good one. <laughs> the only thing I enjoyed about that movie was the ending where the, oh, look what could have happened if we did stick together. You oh, remember? yeah, I do That's the only part that. I enjoyed in that movie because it did talk about real life. Like, if we did stick together, we could have had a family, we could have done this, but in reality, this is what real life is. We have to drift apart. We have to suck it up. That's the only part I enjoy. I don't enjoy Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling, is that his mm-hmm. name? Being an art guy, like uh, me and jazz guy. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I got to give it credit for the sense of, like, maybe this is a good way to motivate the masses to, hey, listen to jazz. But I think it was a really corny take. And especially John Legend's uh, 
moment where he's like, oh, we can still be jazz, but with synthesizers. <laughs> you must have seen this pretty recently. No, you remember no, I haven't. More about I, it. I saw it like when it came out like three or four years ago. I just, Man, it uh, stuck with you. I don't remember any of that. Uh, dude, it's just, it was cringe. It was cringe. But I feel like that's kind of what they were going for. Like I mean, saccharine, sweet. And it's directed musical. by the guy who did uh, Whiplash. So you know that the guy is a huge jazz fan because you've seen Whiplash. Whiplash yeah. is great. It's a very different tone of movie. I didn't know it was different the same Different at guy. the same time, though. The same. Well, it's got the same vibes in some ways. It's not as intense. It's not not anxiety driven, but you can tell the guy likes jazz, likes to talk about like someone's motivation to do something big in their life, even if it's something that's not a, a niche, so to say. You know, so in that aspect. Um. Yeah, <laughs> like Bjork definitely Thank flirts you. with that. You're welcome. Uh, jazz, like big band jazz thing a bit. I Glinglow has like a jazz sound, right? Yeah, well, it's all jazz. Yeah. But no, like uh, when you're talking about big band, I think of uh, It's Also oh Quiet. Yeah, that's what that's I was That's a great say. song. It One of my favorite songs. Song. Her screams in that are just like... Wow! <laughs> that's a good impression. <laughs> I feel like you could do a pretty convincing Bjork, all of her, her no. range. Like no, you got I the can't. scream down, no, you got the ASMR... Uh, breathy Hello. stuff. Hello. This is the <laughs> it's just her range to be able to do it really up high is the hard part. I think. I've been told by people that they hate it when I do wet ASMR sounds, but they still like it because it's funny. Like my delivery is funny when I do them wet sounds. <laughs> I've also been talking to a person, and they said to me that they like the sounds ASMR wise, the sounds of scissors cutting. Mm. It's really interesting, like how people get uh, stimulated by sounds. <laughs> I love this awkwardness. This is great. <laughs> keep it, please keep it. This is great. I mean, it wasn't even that long of a silence. But, I, I was just but it was heavy, though. It was heavy. I felt it. <laughs> I think the ASMR sounds made it feel more like make us more aware of the silence. Yes. We should get some scissors and paper and stuff. Yeah, man. Well, next time. I like that you brought your friend over oh, off the shelf. I didn't yeah. even notice you did that. Yeah. But you, you I forgot to bring another yeah. clown from my collection. I don't even want to talk about it. I just wanted to be there, you know? I liked the parts where you, like, gently tried to make them sit up you know, straight. I want to make sure they're okay, you know? They're part of, they're part of the show, too. It's very sweet. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, so, debut... Um, Anything else you want to say about oh, debut? It just, it just, it's experimental in the sense that she was also fooling around with audio, you know, engineering. Like, like, like uh, on, uh, there's so much, there's more to life than this. Thank you. That damn, you know, I don't, I don't remember the song, but that's the one where, like, well, you suggested we maybe cover that one. I have no idea how we would do oh, that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just. Like, I like the fact that she's talking about like how, I don't know if you feel like this, but like. When you go to a party and you feel like you're having a good time, but you have that anxiety, it's like, I want to leave and I want to do something else because this is BS. What's the point of life? You're thinking all these super huge metaphysical philosophical things, and in the end, you shouldn't be thinking that because you're in a party enjoying yourselves. And here she is yeah. making a song about that, about the anxiety, her being in a closet or somewhere by herself. 
and still singing the song, and you hear the background music, like, mm-hmm. but her voice is right here. So <laughs> I like that. That was really cool. Me too. I like the little bit of like a cinematic storytelling moment where you can hear her like go into a bathroom stall and yeah. like shut the door and the, the track gets really quiet. It's very, very clever. One more thing I want to say, uh, there, I also, for her, for, for that time period, because this is before the internet and everything, you can tell that she is a musicologist, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. there is a song at the end of the song where she samples, uh, music from Oaxaca, Mexico, Mexico, where they're playing the marimbas. Oh. You hear it really quietly. It just that happens and then the song's over. You can just recognize like the style yeah, as being totally. Mexican. Oh yeah, totally. What song is that? I forget, but it's in debut. I forget. You okay. hear the marimbas and then dun 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 da 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 playing thirds, you know? And then boom. Playing in three fourths and thirds. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry, now I'm going into like music theory, but yeah. You mean thirds as in rhythms or, or like the, like uh, playing the melody and like this is what I mean by thirds. Like like you know how you play the midi? Oh. And then you do this in thirds. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that sound. But, you know, they do that in um, marimba, so, like, that kind of thing. Oh, I can recognize yeah. her doing that now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I also heard she went to India, or maybe she didn't go, but had a producer or engineer in India record, like, classical musicians for Venus as a Boy, I think. Like, all the, like, orchestral stuff you hear in that song. It almost I always thought it was sampled and just, like sampled from some obscure record, but I think it was recorded specifically for that song in India, where probably they have a lot of like, I'm guessing like Bollywood or Indian pop musicians who can play that stuff. Uh, I love the the instrumentation on that track. I honestly wish it was a little more like that stuff, uh, Venus as a boy and human behavior has like a bunch of, bunch of weird yeah. percussion sounds. I don't even know what they are. I'm not as into the like four on the floor club music on debut. Uh-huh. I find it it sounds a little dated to me. It is dated. It's not like modern like techno and she has like the electronic beats in every album of her career, but they've gotten more like interesting sounding, like thicker sounding. They sound very like anemic and kind of like 80s house music. Mm-hmm. On debut, I just I I, I don't I should have done my research more because I you so you always talk about especially in this episode you like you didn't do your research you didn't do that as much but like you're talking more but about it than I do as far as listening yeah to it I listened to debut once like you and I yeah. think I only listened to the first the new album once entirely but I listened to a couple songs like uh-huh. more than once okay. And to me, that's not enough to like absorb an album. You've heard yeah. it. You've heard them a lot more. You've heard the new album more than me for sure. Well, I'm just blown away because now I'm curious to know like what motivated her to leave the Sugar Cubes and do her own thing. And I haven't even listened to the Sugar Cubes. The only thing I know is Glen Glow and then boom, her her discography. I have a Sugar Cubes vinyl record that. Look uh, at you being the dad, hipster that you are. <gasps> my your, dad bought. Your dad bought it. He had it since I was a kid because it was like late '80s, I think. I'll pull it out later. Do you, um, 
now I'm going to get sentimental. I might even cry. Um, do you have vinyl pieces that is sentimental for you because of a loved one that you have? Uh, I would say that's true of like 90% of my vinyl collection. Really? Is, is it all a... stuff either my dad or my mom bought. So I don't, I don't, yeah, a handful of them are like I bought or Brooke bought, but a lot of it's like hand-me-downs from my parents. Wow. So it all, it's hard not to put them on without thinking like what they were doing 30, 40 years ago when they bought them and listened to them. Wow. Sorry for being heavy. Like the reason I started record collecting or motivated me, I was in Mexico and I saw my mom's vinyl collection, you know, and I took it. And one of them was Super Tramp Breakfast in America, right? Um, and I saw someone wrote something like, Dear Lucy, that's my mom's name, like, I love you so much. You're the best, blah, blah, blah. Here's a gift from you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I confronted my mom about it. And she was like, who the, who the F is this, right? And I'm not, not saying that, but like, who is this? <laughs> and at the time, my mom lied to me. Like, oh, it's some boyfriend at the time. Well, she didn't lie to me, but she didn't tell me the full truth. Later on, I find out that that, that thing that person uh, wrote was my biological father. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, and, but it took, it, took, it took four years of confronting my mom to admit that truth. Like, she didn't want to tell me that. But like that motivated me to collect more vinyl, and, I, and I, because of that, now I have two Breakfast in America's copies: one from my mom's and one for myself. Because <laughs> you gave it back to her? No, it's mine. You just have After two that. of them. Now? Just I have two of them now. You yeah, bought, you you just that meant so much to you that you bought another one when yeah. you saw it. I mean, I just maybe got it at a thrift store or something, but yeah. So, I. Th- I think that's what motivated me to collect more records, just because I like that, or you know, maybe I don't know. Was that just when you first started getting into vinyl? Yeah, like fourteen, fifteen, around there. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow, was not expecting to tell the story in uh, in uh, the Bjork episode, and I wasn't even expecting to tell the story. Period. Wow, it got it got heavy. It got heavy. So let's change the subject. Let's let's talk about your favorite album. See, I, I didn't know we were doing it that way. I thought we were just talking about debut and the new one. But you said that you didn't want to talk about debut. You wanted to talk about your other favorite one. Um, I did say that, but uh, <laughs> I didn't. I like listened back to a couple songs to get ideas of like what to cover. But I didn't listen to any other album all the way through. There, there's some that I just like know really well, like Homogenic and Vespertine. But uh, I can, well, yeah, I can definitely still talk about them, but I wasn't prepared to. Okay. What is it that you like about it? Um, I was going to say this earlier, actually, because it, rep- it applies to debut, too, is that I, I like it when Bjork goes just, like, kind of accessible and, and pop. Like, I like the melodies that are just, like, more familiar to me because her voice is already so alien and, like, the way she pronounces words in her Icelandic accent and she's when she sings in English it already sounds so weird that yeah. like just to have it be a kind of a a more conventional melody like draws me in more and that, that's just me like I don't get down with the super progressive experimental stuff as much 
Um, I like it in small doses, like when there's an interesting spin on the production, but it's overall just like a simple pop or folk melody or something and, and song structure. So homogenic is like the pinnacle of that. I feel like it's it's got a lot of really strong melodies and um, great lyrics, and it's not too harshly uh, like experimental and like it's not like weird for the sake of being weird yet like some of the later Bjork I feel like it can be so more pleasant for the audience's ears yeah I, okay. I, I like to just have a soothing musical experience <laughs> you're the opposite I know you like like really aggressive like hardcore punk and stuff and you, you like being challenged as a listener yeah I do I mean it's funny you said that because I've been wanting to ask you this question for the long time like for me, without getting really biographical, I enjoy music once it's personal, once it hits, once it, if it has a feel. If it has a feel, I love it. That's why I enjoyed blues music. And for the longest time, I was all about blues and I was all about progressive music. And I did not like punk because at the time, for me, punk was Blink-182, Green Day, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and I got made fun of for liking Nirvana and not Blink-182, and I hated punk more because of it. And it wasn't until a friend of mine, uh, let's call him JJ, uh, introduced me to punk, introduced me to hardcore punk, and I, he, sent, he showed me a video cassette tape of Minor Threat playing live. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time where I understood punk because it had the same element in blues music, quote, in quotations, where... It doesn't matter what you play as long as what you play has that feel. It's got a feeling. Mm-hmm. It might be a different feel because you know f- blues is all about emotion, like sad emotions. You know the emos before the emos. For but punk was all about anger, and you felt that anger, and I loved it. And my mind changed, and my life changed ever since then. That's why I like hardcore punk. I'm not that much of a metal guy. I do enjoy some metal. But I'm really picky at it. I, I, I think, I mean, maybe, I don't know, depending on who you talk to, I think I can have a good conversation with a metal person, a metalhead. But I don't know. It all depends. So long story short, my question to you is, I mean, it's funny that you, I'm saying this and you're wearing a black metal <laughs> shirt. Like, yeah. you don't, you, I don't see you as a kind of person that listens to metal or hardcore music what is it that you don't like about it? I mean, I know that it's it's a genre that nobody that it's not a, not a popular genre. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk about this. I just need to take a quick bath. Okay, break. okay. we'll come back and have. Okay, what, what uh, time is it? Talk. Well, uh, we like can. Oh, gotcha. This segment is sponsored by BetterHelp. Please enjoy this free therapy session with licensed mortician Oscar Villalpando. Answer the questions verbally or in your brain to receive psychiatric care. So yeah, how have you been? How how's how's that thing going that you've been doing? You working on that project that you've been thinking about for weeks, months? How's the progress on that? Are you uh are you doing the good times of relaxing because you've been working hard? You know, if nobody's ever told you, uh, 
you know, I, I, I see the work and I see the progress you're doing and I'm proud of you. I really am. I'm talking to you. Yes, you. Have, have, have you been so far? You, you're doing good? You're doing good? Uh, are, you, are you sleeping well? Are you doing your morning routine? How about your night routines? How's that going? How, so are you, are you forgetting to moisturize? You know, because skin, skin care is important. You know, putting, putting the right aspects and, lay, you know, what is it called? Lathering? Lathering is good, you know? Uh, are, you, are you hydrating? Are you hydrating? Remember that thing that you checked on your body and you kind of forgot? How's, how's that going? Maybe maybe you should call that doctor. You, you you should you should you should you know see what's going on with you. Don't 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 ignore those those aches and pains that you have in your body. Maybe your body's saying, "Hey, don't forget about me. Don't you forget about me." Listen, listen to your body, man. Listen to your brain. How, how how's that going? How's your brain going? Is your brain brain mentally stable for now? And it's okay if it's not mentally stable, but you know, you really do need to listen to yourself and 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 love yourself. Don't forget to love yourself. That's really important. Now here we are again with a uh, O D C A S T. All right. Okay. Uh, so sorry that took no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to hearing what the hell you were saying. I dude, just heard dude, muffled I, speaking. I improvised. <laughs> So going back about like what why I thought you would be into heavy music. Like well, see, I, I am in. I actually like it's really fun to play metal stuff like on guitar or bass. Like I really like doing like heavy chuggy rhythms and stuff. Yeah. But I don't listen to them much anymore. Uh, when I was in high school, I like definitely went through a black metal phase of like bands like this. Like and I. I remember when going to Headbangers Ball at the House of Blues on by the river. <laughs> this is new uh, to me. I didn't know this. I was like sophomore in high school, pretty pretty young, like fifteen. I went with my friend who also liked black metal, and we saw Cradle of Filth and a couple other like metalcore slash black metal bands. Um, and I remember listening to it a lot at that age, but. It's, I don't really enjoy like listening to metal. It's more fun to play than listen to to my in to me now. Mm-hmm. But punk, there's what about something punk, so. Homie? What about punk? I love like. <laughs> Sorry for sounding aggressive. <laughs> What's wrong with you for not liking punk? I love the Clash. Yeah, the Clash is good. <laughs> Even like the Sex Pistols album is good, but I like hardcore. Like American super fast angry music, like Black Flag, Minor Threat, and stuff. Like I, I can't really get into that mindset. You can't. Have you been to a concert? Like, have you been to those concerts? I, I've seen like local bands playing that style. Yeah, and it, it's fun. It's like fun to watch people thrash around and on the dance floor and stuff. But it's not really. It's not music that really speaks to my oh. like. Because a, a big part of it is the live format. You need to be in that moment to understand it. Yeah, I can see that. But there's people who like listen to it on vinyl. In fact, our upstairs neighbor who we're mm-hmm. going to record with later like will play that mm-hmm. just on record a lot. And 
Uh, he's really into that style, like really fast, aggressive mm-hmm. punk. And he's not really a metal guy, but more definitely a punk guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for some reason, I, I, I'm like, you can just tell by the, my personality. I'm, I'm pretty slow and chill and like introspective so i like music that is more that way too yeah but i also notice that sometimes too much chill and too much slow music can bore you yeah th- there's a, a middle then, path and then that's when you start listening to pop music yeah i i like stuff that is a medium tempo it's more about the attitude like the aggressiveness isn't really my thing but i i do like faster songs and harder songs sometimes but it, music is so subjective like what what speaks to me at a given moment is mm-hmm. it's hard to predict that's true that is correct um all right so that's a good i want to yeah. i want to add a uh, change the subject in the sense of what do you think of bjork's new album yeah i was about to go there too because like i i feel like all we really need to the I like the idea of it being her first album and her most recent. And mm-hmm. like, I, I've listened to the middle ones a lot more, but not really recently. So um, I think that's the best way to approach this podcast. I mean, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go with the flow as as it goes. Have you have you had this thought? Maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's a couple different kinds of podcasts. There's a lot, but as far as music discussion, uh-huh. there's like the very informed podcast where the, uh, the hosts do a lot of research mm-hmm. and they're basically telling it almost like a, a lecture of like, mm-hmm. this is this artist's history and mm-hmm. then a very like detailed musical analysis. And then there's ones that are more like based on first impressions and more just like a personal spin on mm-hmm. the music. I feel like we're obviously we're closer to that, but um, I, I do want to bring it a little more into like the the first category with a little research and like talking about the history that we can find out. Uh, I think that can happen as, as long as if I mean if we can do it if with any artist, but I think it's much more if we like a certain artist more, it will get more personal. Um, and then again, the beauty of a podcast we can make it as long or short as possible. Um, I know I mentioned this in the last podcast, but like, and I'm showing my age too, but like sound opinions. Do you remember listening to sound opinions when it wasn't on NPR? It was on XRT. Tuesday nights, XRT. I think I do. I even remember when they had a a live TV show. Yes, same here. And WTTW, yes, yes, same here. I prefer that era of sound opinions than what it is now on NPR because in XRT it was two hours and they put the music on, they started talking and it was free form, you know? I mean, there was a bit of a structure but it was more free form and then they had the the TV show on WTTW. NPR now, it's only one hour and you can tell that it's super organized, super structured Mm -hmm. and I I, I don't know about you, maybe this is my personality but I, I don't like it when it's super structured yeah you know i i don't either uh, and it's been a while since i listened to sound opinions yeah i, ha- I even thought about it maybe maybe we're like the next sound opinion oh my god am i am i jim derogatis because i'm the fat one <laughs> and got glasses we're like basically the same <laughs> and got size. glasses no shut up you're you're handsome and tall 
We're stop gonna, it. Like, stop it. Height. No, no. How tall are you? 5'10. You're 6'1. Really? Because you seem like. No, it's I'm the hair, not, maybe. I'm not quite 6'1. No, I'm you're, like you're, a you're, little you're, over 6, but like yeah. not, not all the way. Maybe 6'2. Six six no, no. <laughs> I'll get six, your idea. Six out and a there. half inch. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always feel like higher than, I mean, as tall as me when we stand next nah, to each other. Nah, dude. Nah, dude. I think it's the hair. It's just the hair. You do have very tall hair. <laughs> and I'm planning to grow it even more. Um, but what do you think of the new album? <laughs> So weird. <laughs> and like, did you do any research into the concept of the album? Yes and no. Did um, you realize it's all about like the life of fungi yeah, and mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. I actually read along with the lyrics as they came up on the screen with Spotify. Uh-huh. You know you, how it yeah. will tell you the lyrics? Uh, I did that like for the whole album, which I haven't done in a while. And like her lyrics always blow me away. They're so, so interesting. <laughs> my favorite line of the whole album is from the first song. And I think my favorite song from the whole album is the first song. Um, hope wow. is a muscle. I really enjoy that line a lot. Hope is a muscle. Hope is a muscle. Hope is a muscle. It's a good line. Yeah, it is. Um, she has a lot of great lines in that vein, like really profound lines. Like the song All is Full of Love that we may or may not cover has a line that's like, uh, you'll be given love, but maybe not from the sources you've poured yours, which wow. I think is just so profound and, and so true. Like we're always like trying to direct our love at something and sometimes it doesn't love us back, but you will be given love. It just will come from somewhere else. I think that's like fucking that's brilliant. Musical interlude sponsored by BetterHelp.
I really enjoy philosophical music, and Bjork is right there. And she does it in a way that's so like clear and unpretentious. Like I'm sure there's people out there who think Bjork is pretentious as fuck because her music is so weird and artsy, mm-hmm. but I think she's actually like extremely down to earth. And uh, she, her lyrics are profound, but they're like in very simple language, probably because it's her second language, mm-hmm. English. So they're nothing like super flowery and complicated. They're just to the point and just really deep thoughts. Uh, and I think her voice always like delivers it well. I, I wouldn't agree. say the first song is my favorite though. <laughs> it's like starts on this really dissonant atonal note. Mm. My my cup of tea. Mm. Yeah. Again, mm. like you you like the the more like aggressive music. Um, it could be because I saw the video along with hearing the song for mm-hmm. the first time. and I, st- I need to see this music video now after this I podcast. was just playing it for I, you I enjoyed at the it. beginning. It looks so weird. And if you listen to the song on Spotify, they're showing clips of the video. Yeah. And they're chopped up a in a way bit. that's like not quite in sync with the yeah. vocals. It just looks like a bunch of weird like gifs. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, what? You, do you watch Star Wars? Are you a fan of Star Wars at all? I'm not a fan of Star Wars, but I watch it. You know the first movie, A New Hope, when they go to the cantina in Moss Eisley and there's a band playing yeah. of like aliens? That's what Bjork's aesthetic. I'm singing Is the that song. how the song goes? Yeah, it's the cantina. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It looks like Bjork is in an alien band in a spaceport in another galaxy it's funny you say that because i think the opposite it's got alice in wonderland vibes did you see that video <laughs> yeah it's got just alice in wonderland vibes with like with like i mean this is the thing where i don't want to sound racist but like i always i know she's Icelandic, but like she's got asian vibes to me too she does look asian for yeah. some reason she's not fully white you know like like is she not I mean, I I, I think heritage. so. Like, I, I mean, I know she's Icelandic. I know there might be people from that migrated to Iceland, Asians that migrated to Iceland. But like, she's like one of those like Ren and Stimpy characters where like they're super Icelandic and they speak like that. I don't know. I sound like Romanian now, but you know what I mean. Like, they're not fully now white with a with a huge long nose and everything. You know, so <laughs> as if that's what every white person looks like. You know, it's got I, it's I, got the you know Anglo-Saxon. She doesn't have the Anglo-Saxon vibes. No, <laughs> Anglo-Saxon um, vibes. I, I she doesn't got the waspy vibes too. If you see pictures of her, sometimes she looks very like East Asian. Yeah. Despite Iceland being very far from like that part of the yeah. world, so I don't know if it's just like a coincidence, just her uh, her bone structure and her yeah. complexion making her and her like dark hair. I guess we should have done research and to figure out what her ethnicity is fully. You know, I, I mean, I know she's, she's prou- fully Icelandic. I know she's proud of being Icelandic, and it's cool that she is. Which reminds me, have you seen the movie Northman? Yes, and she's in that. Her her five two minute scene, amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Do you know her daughter with Matthew Barney is in the movie too? No. I found that out doing a little bit of research. I don't, and I don't remember the girl in the movie. So it's well, not I'm, the main did she, girl. Did she get slaughtered? I'm wondering Probably. if she got slaughtered. I actually don't remember. I don't, I, yeah. What do you uh, think of Matthew Barney? Uh, 
I find some of his like video work super impressive with like the costumes and the whole production, yeah. the Craymaster cycle. It's like some of the most weird and like intense imagery in contemporary art or or cinema. I feel like he's like just a a, a filmmaker mainly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only thing I've seen him is the I think it's the one that you just referenced. It's the the Scottish guy, all dressed in pink. Scottish guy, like like does he look kind of like a goat, like a creepy goat? <laughs> no, it has that the kilt, and it's all dressed in pink, and he's like super powdery, but it's got that oh. pink powdery powder. I'm not sure. If and I've then seen like that. the premise of the of the short film is like they're in a building, but the building is like a is like a spiral going down. Which later mm. on I find out that it's, it's part the of Guggenheim Museum. the Guggenheim Museum, mm. and like someone is like putting wax or like uh lard and just making sure that it goes slowly down the spiral and if that when 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 that's happening there's also a another character who is handicapped but dressed like a leopard have you seen the actual film yeah i own it whoa i i, I own it i seen that and then later on finding out that married to bjork which bjork sorry and that uh that blew me away i really liked matthew barney's work um i want to see his other movies but i heard they're hard to find and like where from the premise of looking at the trailers it looked like it's like a high budgeted like intensely made movie and oh i always wonder like the budgeting aspects of making movies and everything but i digress one of her albums before that is basically the the breakup with Matthew Barney. Yeah, like Volnikura. That or one. And I think this album is basically like a healing album. Like like okay, I'm I'm doing better. I'm you know, the breakup with Matthew sucked, but hey, I'm 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 here. I'm back. Just you yeah. wait. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be effing awesome. There was so. an album before this one that I haven't listened to. Is it Biophilia or something? Or was that before? Yeah, Biophilia. Biophilia is a good one. Because um, I was reading just yeah. about it. The people say that. It's kind of like her her like return to like maybe finding new love and like happiness again after the divorce. No, 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 no. That's the other one. But the Valve, the Valve one. The Valve one is a breakup one. Biophilia is basically just another album where she talks about rocks and gems and oh. everything. Then it's the one between Volnikura yeah. and this one that they they said that she has a new album. I'm just talking out of like maybe my ass maybe an EP that, maybe I'm not sure because I, I don't remember that. Um, one th- th- sorry, I was gonna just say I don't view this as like even a related to her human relationships at all yeah. album. It's like it's a concept album about like the world of mushrooms, yeah. <laughs> and fungus. <laughs> It's like as abstract as you can get, but still like talking about universal themes of like love and compassion and like how life propagates itself. I think it's really profound. It made me want to listen to it on shrooms at some point. Maybe this album is like the death card in the tarot. It's just a, a or or the tower card too, where it's basically a progression of her making a new life. Like she died and now she's w- willing to live again, but in a different process, a different different ambience if you will hmm. uh, i don't know enough about my tarot to sorry i'm a nerd like that, that. <laughs> but having the said that card. i don't like the album 
Except the first song. Except for the first song. I do like the aspects of like she, you can tell that she really loves Arvo Part, the, the Eastern European composer. I don't know who that is. He, he does a lot of like minimalist classical music. He's still alive. He still plays music. She does, uh, he does a lot of like uh, choral, choral music. Our mutual friend Raya really likes him too. Um, so it gets a lot of like, you know, just dissonant things and it's just enjoying, it really ambient music. If the best way for me to simplify it. And you can hear the influence in Bjork's music, especially this new album. Maybe I'm being spoiled. Maybe I'm just, I'm not sounding like a teenager, like a Dylan teenager. I don't like the album as much because it doesn't have a beat. <laughs> yeah. For sure, the first song has like yeah. the heaviest beat with the like, reggae. And I was I was hoping to hear that throughout the whole album. I was thinking like musical interlude part two. I was thinking like it's Bad Bunny, like Bjork, Bjork meets Bad Bunny, you know, or or Daddy Yankee. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's just. I mean, the first song is great, which I was enjoying it, and I was hoping that's going to be the whole album, except for the Fungi song. I forget what it's called, Floral Fungi, something like that. That one's yeah. a good one too. There's a couple songs where these like electronic little like beep, boop, 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 sounds come in, very yeah. rhythmic, and I like those. See, that's just our differences of taste again, because I liked how pretty a lot of the other songs were, like more melodic, more like happy sounding melodies, more like harmonious. Uh, I didn't really miss the lack of drums, like conventional drums, that much. You've been progressing. You've been. This is a new side of Dylan I haven't met, which I like. I'm just, uh, you know, staying true to my sensibilities. I, I guess I like pretty. I like soft. I guess you like. I guess you contain multitudes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the the Dylan episode is probably the most I've prepared. Like I listened to that full album multiple times. I don't think it really made the conversation any deeper. <laughs> like we still kind of. I feel like we just skimmed the surface of uh, Rough and Rowdy Ways, Bob Dylan's latest yeah. album. <laughs> and like I found our com Kanye conversation like just as good, even though I didn't even finish Donda Deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really put that much <laughs> emphasis on like really listening to Bjork's latest album over and over. It's definitely not my favorite of hers either. Um, but I, I do think there's some pretty profound moments where like comparing us as humans to mushrooms and like the way spores propagate and <laughs> like i think it's there's a there's an interesting concept there no i agree uh that made me think of this and um and i want to ask you this as a as a as an artist and and i'm using the word artist generally not like you doing oil on canvas but like there is a sadness, the, a vibe of sadness I get with Bjork, and I sympathize with it a lot. And 
and I, I wish I could hug her. Like, I wish I could show her sympathy and care and love for her. And, and that sadness comes with the weird uniqueness that she has. Like, I wonder if there are certain artists out there, they're speaking their true selves, but sometimes they hate their true selves because they wish they can be, for the lack of a better word, basic. They can be like the Mariah Carey, the Britney Spears, and be loved by everyone and be cool with everyone. But like, that's not her. She has to be weird because that's her, you know? And sometimes mm-hmm. I wonder, like, does she wish to be weird? Does she Does she not wish? Does she wish to be normal? Quote, unquote. I know normal is not a good word. But like, does she wish to be the common folk because then she can be loved by everyone? Because I, I found out PJ Harvey and Bjork had like a little... They they performed a song, you know, right? So Bjork loved it, and PJ Harvey's fantastic too. But PJ is like, nah, I'm I'm good. You're you're too much for me. I'm good. And I wonder, like that form of re- rejection for Bjork can hit her ego a lot. And I get, and then, there's also a lot of courage for her to keep on doing what she's doing, like to keep on marching on the beat of her own drum. But sometimes it sucks. It it sucks being alone. Do you, you understand Lone, what I mean? Lonely at the top. Or yeah, something. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. she's uh, she's one of the biggest artists in the world. I would say, like, as far as people who aren't in the mainstream, like yeah. pop world, but still very well known and well respected. I, I feel like she probably has the level of like fame and like pop relevance that she wants i don't think she would want to be like taylor swift or something and be more like mainstream i think she's doing um aside from the couple like more like melodic prettier songs on the album like there's really the song she put out as a single is so out there and and so weird and that's what she's choosing to like represent herself in 2022 so she's clearly not going for like mainstream appeal she's trying to challenge people and she's trying not to repeat herself. Um, and I, I respect her a lot for that. It still means I'm probably going to go back to her older albums sooner than I'm going to listen to like her latest one again. Uh-huh. But I'm serious. Like, I feel like this would be an amazing album to listen to on psychedelics. Cause like, I feel like she wrote it on psychedelics. psychedelics. It could be maybe. It's oh, a good thing. Like to... The mindset of like, fungal spores. I mean, I, mean, I, I listened to it sober, and there, I listened to it twice because the first time I did not like it. And I'm like, maybe I, maybe I missed something. So mm-hmm. I listened to it the second time, and I still didn't like it, but I still respect her for doing something new. Like, I don't hate the album, you know? I think my favorite yeah. song is the last song, which has her daughter as a guest vocalist. Oh, that's so cute. I, I gotta listen to that. And I, I, I didn't know that was she, her daughter was... It, I just would have assumed they all the voices were yeah. Bjorks because it just you uh, saying it correctly. <laughs> your peer pressured me into doing it. They all kind of yeah. sound like layers of her own voice, but there's a, a, a layer in there that I could see being a different, like younger person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just noticed in the Spotify credits, it's her daughter's name, all in lowercase, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. Like. <laughs> Because Bjork's name is capitalized, but I don't know why her daughter decided to be all lowercase. But I think it's a like a Gen Z thing. It could be a Gen Z thing. I know someone that they prefer their names to be not not capitalized at all, even if it's alphabetically correct. Like you know, the first letter to be a capitalized, 
They're mm-hmm. against that. I don't know. I, I I do it out of respect. I'm not even gonna fight about it. I'm not gonna be into like a, you know, conservative person. I was like, oh, you need to respect the English grammar. No, I'm not gonna be that guy. Yeah, I f- I mean, I've like even changed my tune about like they them being like grammatically confusing. Like a few years yeah. ago when it became like this new thing, yeah. I used to be like. But that makes it confusing because you think it's a plural. Yeah. But now it's commonplace, yeah. and like you, if you hear th- someone say like they did something, you, your first thought isn't like, oh, it's a group of people. It's like oh, a gender neutral pronoun. Isn't that the beauty of English language that it just progresses as time goes by? Yeah, for sure. Do you? I, I, do you remember? We were not even old when we were not even born when this happened. When um, what do you call those things? Uh, the Morse code. That 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 the thing they used. Mm-hmm. I forget what the thing they used, but you know the little machine. Uh, yeah, a lot of people were thinking that that was going to ruin the English language because you have to say a lot of things in a short moment, short time. It's like it was their version of text, so they think that that was going to ruin the English language. And I remember that same argument happened in the late '90s, early 2000s when it came to texts. That that texting was going to ruin the English language because you say b r b l o l that kind of stuff. And, you know, so on and so forth. But look at us. We're still, I think it's just the English language. We're still progressing. I found out that the word selfie was born in 1999 in Australia. Uh, You know, that makes sense. Yeah. It has the so- kind of sound of an Australian yeah. word now that you mention it. <laughs> so, so like things like that, you know, we just got to go with it. Like, I mean, I never, I mean, I didn't know that they, them was a singular thing until, you know, recently. You know, well, it, it wasn't until people needed a pronoun that's neither yeah. he or she, but still can describe one person. So now it's become singular, and yeah. I think our brains have adapted to like recognize it as that instead of like I'm automatically thinking it's a plural pronoun only. Um, it's not just English; it's every language oh, yeah, yeah, can every be language. adaptable. Oh, yeah. But we're, I'm just more aware of the the evolution of English because it's the only language I fluently speak. You're doing a good job fluently speaking it. Thank you. <laughs> Taking the subject, because I was listening to Roger's episode, what classical musicians and jazz musicians do you normally play during your art pieces? Um, I mean, during your art classes. I I got really into Haydn's uh, like string quartets when I was... Like learning violin when I was like 13, 14, I, I took a, like a, a year or two of lessons and pretty much gave it up because it was so, so hard. I'm, I'm glad I did it for those two years because now I can sort of like fake my way through like a very simple melody on violin. But my violin teacher gave me a CD of like Haydn string quartets and like it blew my mind because it, it was like very just, uh, or quintets, quartets are just small ensemble, like two violins, two violas, and a cello maybe, mm-hmm. so five. Um, it's just so well arranged, such great music. So I play that a lot. I like piano stuff too, like Chopin and Beethoven. And I kind so, of just mix it up. I try to listen to different stuff. Do you do you play all of that stuff when, you, when you're teaching? Okay. Mm-hmm. What about jazz? Uh, I'm real basic when it comes to jazz. I'll put on like kind of blue. I was gonna say it was a kind of blue. Yeah, yeah, the go- the go to. Yeah, I, I I'm not that well versed yeah. in like 
good jazz. I don't really like the like schmaltzy big band stuff that much. Yeah. For for I'm looking for a specific like tone when I'm in drawing uh-huh. class or painting class. Like I want it to be sort of like trying to find chill. trying to find the right right ambience or right atmosphere for it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Miles Davis in that era is good for that, I think. Anything else you want to talk about Bjork wise? Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe not really. Okay, we could try playing some. Okay, before we play her music, do you want to talk about the next episode? Yes. Okay, uh, I'm cringing <laughs> on this. What, what's it gonna be? What's it gonna be, Dylan? Well, I'm I'm just being selfish at this point and uh-huh. introducing things that I want to like force myself to listen to. Mm-hmm. Are you going to listen to the whole thing? Yes, and I I, hey, I, I, I listen to all of Bjork's latest. Because I li- I left my ass off, my butt off, because you you wanted to listen to Kanye West. <laughs> you you chose Kanye West. You couldn't finish Donda. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be that long. Uh, I thought it was going to be like an hour tops, not like two hours. Yeah. And I heard enough. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, what I've really been wanting to listen to, but I haven't had the the urge to like really dive into the full album. I've just heard the singles. Uh Uh-huh. Midnights. I don't know who they are. That's the name of the album. Who's the artist? No, <gasps> <laughs> you're making me listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh. Okay, fine. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. Oh my god! <laughs> Why? Oh my god! Uh, she's. We just listening to Midnight's. Yeah, maybe we'll just review her latest album. Ah, uh, is it? I don't know that much details, but like I know there's like I when I go to Target, I see that there's several versions of Midnight's. Is it the same one? Oh. I don't know. Oh. I heard she was putting out a bunch of like B sides, like three AM or something was oh like my God. <laughs> Okay, okay, we're gonna listen to it. Jeez. All right. We don't have to. No, we're doing it. If we're this doing is it. gonna bring up like unpleasant no, thoughts no, 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 or no, memories. No, no. We're doing or it, we're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. No, it's not not because of that. No. It's just, yeah. It's just the reason I'm cringing is because I forgot who said this. I think the bassist of Black Sabbath, Butler, Gerard Butler, not Gerard Butler, Geezer Butler. I forget who said that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did not like, and he's he's got a good argument. He said, this is something I should talk about the next episode, but I'm just going to bring it. He doesn't like Taylor Swift because he's taking advantage of the fans. She's taking advantage of the fans. How is she doing Like, that? why don't you just make a whole album? Why are you teasing the fans by making different versions of it? Like, you're just using your fans. And that's He's a good argument. commenting on Taylor Swift. Oh, uh, dude, didn't you hear, like, years ago um, when WAP came out? And he didn't like WAP. <laughs> And like, I mean, I, I don't know if you know this that much about Black Sabbath, but like, I think all the members of Black Sabbath are Christian. They're Christian, so like, he's basically saying it in the Christian sense. I don't like WAP because it's too nasty. And I'm like, dude, shut up! Like you, you, you're in Black Sabbath. You had your thing. Enjoy, enjoy. Other people have their own thing. 
But but regarding Taylor Swift, he's got a good point. Like, why are you torturing your fans for more money on on this aspect? If 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 what you're saying is true, like if each version of each album of Midnight's is different with different B sides, I, I don't I, know. I, what I don't the know. Different I really versions don't know. are. Um, but I, yeah, she knows she has so many fans that will. You know, she she broke a record of having like every song on the album was in the top ten of uh-huh. like the billboard charts or something. There was some like crazy record she just broke with this album that it like did better than the Beatles, any, right? Like the last time uh, someone did that was the Beatles or something I heard. Okay. And I've heard like two Have you heard any of it? Have you heard like the singles? No, I haven't heard the really? singles or anything. No. They're they're pretty good. I've been paying attention to Björk and Björk only. <laughs> She's kind of like getting back to that 1989 era of like electro pop rock. Oh, I was hoping it was country. I really miss her country vibes. There's uh, some okay. of that. Let's stop talking about it. I want to be surprised. I want to be surprised <laughs> on Midnight's. But I don't know. Should we compare it to anything? What if we compared it to something that's not Taylor Swift? I don't know why why we would, but like I don't really want to go back and listen to her first album. I feel yeah. like I've heard enough early taylor can't you see but actually i've never listened to her very first album i haven't either i think the most recent album i heard from her is red from red to now you know what okay i mean mean, excluding midnight i haven't heard midnight uh and i don't think i ever listened to red i kind of red is pretty good red is pretty good if you like 1989 it's like Seemed a little more like emotional. The Swifties, rock. the Swifties are gonna hate me on this. Um, Red is basically like a country version of 1989. Like it's more, you know, like it's it's still country, but you can see that it's getting more poppy. Yeah, that was my impression from like seeing her play a couple of songs on like award shows. It was more like stripped down, like rootsy, yeah, country rock. Um, but oh, I like the 1989 style. Like I think she does like modern pop well, uh-huh. better than like some people do it. Okay, let's talk about. Let's stop talking about Taylor. We can we can talk about it on the next episode. Yeah, and I I really didn't like think too deeply about the realities of like having to listen to a full Taylor Swift album. But I think. <laughs> I like. I genuinely want to hear every song and like think a little more critically about it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by the choice. Okay, cool. Um, thank you for bringing that up. I wanted to ask you this question: What art did you make while listening to Bjork? Uh, I just kind of like drew on a new canvas, like a weird like. Uh, it looks kind of religious. Should so. we take a? Should we look at a picture right here to see what it is or no? Or you're sure. you're still uncomfortable? <laughs> I can show it. It's. I didn't finish anything. Right. I kind of just started. It's something. in the process. I will say that ever since we're doing this experiment, this project, I, I don't want to say that you're enabling me, but like you have, and, and I don't want to blame you. I don't want to feel like you are making me do this because in the end it's me doing it. But for the lack of a better word, you've been pressuring me to do more art because I'm like, oh gosh, because I've noticed that every time, almost every episode, you put m- some of my art and I'm like, <laughs> and like I don't even credit it. Like the two hours later, beaded. Oh, uh, that was me. <laughs> that was you. There's some. Well, actually, I did credit it. Like the angel drawing. I said yeah, it was. I forgot yours. about the angel. Um. So you got to give me some new art for this one. Well, no. Uh, the, <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> 
put the reverse uh, reverse Uno card on you. I was going to ask, how's the progress on that first one that we did? Remember when you asked me to do? Yeah. A, how's that going? I I haven't worked on it since you saw it last with the dark, yeah, like blue, dark blue sky. But the fans haven't seen it, so here's yeah. an example of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll include that. I'll show all the stages. So, yeah, you you sketched yeah. out in pencil on the canvas, uh-huh. and now I'm like painting on top of it. Yeah. I'll show both versions. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm excited for 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 this new episode. Maybe I'll work on it more before I post this, so I can show a more updated version. Well, for everyone, uh, oh, is there anything else you want to say? Um, there's probably stuff that'll come to me after we we're done. But my pet peeve when watching or listening to podcasts is like when they they're like reading notes of like, oh, I'm going to talk about this and this and this. So let's just. If it's not coming to mind now, it uh, must not be important. Okay. <laughs> so well, we're good. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for listening to the Oddcast, uh, the Bjork, epi- Bjork episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this new formats of music of, of, of our renditions of some Bjork songs. And thank you. Thanks. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> A few moments later. I go through all this before you wake up so I can feel happier to be safe again with you. I go through all this before you wake up so I can feel Again with you, safe again with you, safe again with you, safe again with you, safe again with you. That was not bad. Better, better than the beginning. Very high. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>